This episode has been brought to you by nobody. And welcome back to another episode of Just Done. Uh, my name's David, and I'm here to talk more about basketball. So, um, there's a lot of interesting news going on right now. I mean, I was planning on, like last last week. I was planning on talking about like, the Nets, but you know, ironically, like. You know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have been in the news lately, you know, of some of their own BS. And it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, so for, like, today's topics, I guess you know, I'll talk about Kyrie Irving, talk about Kevin Durant. Um, I'll talk about the Jazz um, win streak. I mean, they, they just lost to the, the Pelicans, so it's one like, a 10-game win streak. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, Vince Carter, you know, heading into the, uh, new decade. So, um, moving on, um, Kyrie Irving, I mean, what can you say about Kyrie Irving, you know, pros and cons, I mean, like for me personally, Kyrie Irving is one of the most skilled players that I've ever seen. I mean, this dude has it all. I mean, you know. We talk about dribbling, ball handling. He's he has to be top three all time. Like that's how great of a ball handler he is. Um, finishing, mid range, three point shot off the dribble. I mean, you name it. This guy can do everything. So, I mean, just recently, um, there's always been a narrative like against Kyrie Irving. Like ever since he, ever since he uh, demanded to trade from the Cavaliers and <clears throat> David Griffin, you know, trade him to the Celtics. Like the media has always been on his ass. Like, like, for those of you who remember the narrative of, are the Celtics better than better without Kyrie Irving? I mean, they went Kyrie does not play okay. and they go into a game. They, they are, Nine and two. Nine and two. They are more efficient. Yep. They pass it more. Oh, yeah. They score more. Oh, yeah. They win more. The field goal percentage is higher. Yep. Even Kyrie, a three-point shooter, they shoot better from three. Correct. The data's in. The data's in. You know the data against playoff teams is two and two. And like it's nine and two run without Kyrie Irving. He was hurt last year. And then they had the uh, notion and the narrative of, they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. Like, do they really need Kyrie? And obviously, you know, for those that like watch basketball and see the, you know, how NBA has always been um, won, like championships, you need a superstar player. It, this NBA is run by stars. I mean, ever since like I don't I don't know understand like sometimes like these people were like talking mad shit about. About Kyrie. I mean, it's just like weird. weird. Like, yeah, yeah, Colin, Colin Coward talking about this. Like, like Nick Wright, all these media pundits. I mean, yes, I guess you can say that all these LeBron lovers. But my point is, Kyrie is adding Kyrie to the mix. This Celtics team, it doesn't put them over the hump. He just, just want to trash Kyrie. Kyrie. You know, I, I get, get it. it. You know, you know, Kyrie was the the star player. That would have given LeBron his best chance of winning you know, another championship. And for him to dip, I guess, like, they would turn on him. And, I, I mean, I can see that. But it blow, like, everything out of proportion. 
for Kyrie. I mean, for this year, Kyrie Irving, he got hurt on the Nets, like with a shoulder impingement. And the Nets went like on run without him again. And then the narrative gets pushed back again. Are the Nets better without Kyrie Irving? And come on, man. Obviously, you know, if you lose a star, like you're not going to be better without that star. This Ewing effect, stupid stuff that has been propagated. Like when the Knicks went to, I believe they went to the finals. About Patrick Ewing. That's how the Ewing theory happened. I think it's called the Ewing theory. It's a Ewing effect. Whatever whatever Bill Simmons said. But. I mean. You need. All time talent. To win the championship. And. The Nets. They just lost like 10 in a row. Without Kyrie. So. They went from like. I don't know. Like. Did they win like going like five and two or something something of that sort like they were winning and i mean you know spencer dinwiddie you know he's a great ball distributor you know he'll they play like a certain style that's different Kyrie, Kyrie likes iso a little too much sometimes but he's also elite in the iso so you know you have to play to your player's strengths and you know kenny Atkinson is very familiar to with uh, spencer dinwiddie and he there are certain players that have been left over from the previous team of last year. So they still have the chemistry of, you know, passing and distributing the ball, ball movement and whatnot. Kyrie Irving, like some of the new players coming in, they do not have chemistry whatsoever. They have to work on chemistry. So that's why there will always be growing pains of, you know, of what the Nets were experiencing. Like, so for, for them to, you know, Say that, uh, push that narrative that, oh, they're, they're better about Kyrie. <laughs> Man, I'm dead. You know, they went from, like, I don't know, like, top 10 isolation plays and, like, like you know, 28th, like, maybe, like, top three and less on, like, last place for, like, passing. Um, Like, yeah, dude, you have, like, one of the best iso plays. Of course, the passing's going to go down, but. That should also be an indication on Kyrie that Kyrie needs to, you know, take a step back. But the Nets season was always going to be a wash this season. I mean, you don't know what the true identity of this Nets team is without Kevin Durant. And we don't know how, how good Kevin Durant's going to come back to. Will he come back 90%? Will he come back 70%? I mean, who knows what Kevin Durant will come back from. I mean, if Kevin Durant comes back 90% of the player he once was, uh, obviously the Nets will be a championship caliber team. They'll be contending in the East. So, I mean, who knows right now? So right now is a wash where there, there needs to be a lot of um, um, things to rearrange to see what do they have right now. And, I mean, the Nets just went on a 10-game um, losing streak, which finally you know shows that the narrative should be put to rest that the nets are not better than Kyrie are not better without Kyrie on the floor i mean once once Kyrie came back i mean he shot 90% and now granted he was playing against like the worst team in like the nba like the worst defensive team in the hawks he shot like 90% i mean Trey Young wasn't really playing too so i mean he can do whatever he wants i mean they just won like another game too i think with um with him and then they lost like to the spurs or something i think they lost to the spurs it, or, or the nuggets and then he like put everyone on blast 
But I mean, yeah, dude. Like, do I believe Kyrie Irving, you know, is a bad leader? I I actually do. Like, like I'll like for me, who was kind of a little bit biased on like watching Kyrie Irving because I see the talent in Kyrie. Like Kyrie, I've always said Kyrie's the modern day Allen Iverson. He has it all. And like Kyrie really needs to work on like I don't know who's advising him on like how to approach certain things. But he is like he's kind of fucking up on the leadership thing, putting people on blast. Like, what's it called? Like he's he need like name drop. Like you know we need to keep um you know Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Jarrett Garrett Temple. I mean like all these like people he named and then he didn't he left out other names of so the people who, who have not been named. Um, you know Sean Marks needs to like trade him or some shit like that. That was the assumption, and I mean, sometimes like Kyrie might be a little bit too transparent on like what he's thinking. Sometimes, like, like of course, you know, Kyrie Irving's like an intelligent person. Like, he does things for like a reason. Like, puts like he's trying to put like certain things in in the notion right now. You know, to the media. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why he would do that. But I mean, he does things for like a reason. Like. Like for example, like um, couple like two years back when he was on the Celtics, coming back from their Western Conference Finals, like what's it called? Like, um, everyone was talking about the Celtics going back to the Eastern Conference Finals because all the talent they had. They had you know Jalen, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Gordon Hayward will be coming back from injury. I mean, they this will be you know the next contending team and. They had Terry Rozier that was playing pretty decent as well. And then last year, it all went down the drain. Like, like went down all the drain. And, and for people who seen that Celtics team, they would know that that team was so dysfunctional due to the fact of the media propping them up to, to thinking that they're better than they actually are. Like, they had people thinking, like, people on the team thinking that they were better than Kyrie Irving. Because they went farther without Kyrie Irving, and it was pretty disingenuous. Like you have at the end of the season when they flamed out, like the Celtics flamed out uh, with the Bucks, and I mean you got like Terry Rozier going on like first take talking like oh you know Terry Rozier, you know he was talking just like he's the third person, like he's the Rock man. He's a straight clown. Oh, the Terry Rozier was just in the corner or. You know, just on the bench, play out Terry Rozier, play out. So, you know, I'm really not being my position. I'm not being Terry Rozier because, like, straight jabroni. Um, dude, last season, like, Terry Rozier was like shooting 30% field goal percentage. That was his field goal. It was 30%. It's just straight trash. I mean, he thought he was, like, he thought he was Kyrie Irving or something. He, like, he was playing so selfish. I mean, you had a lot of like of the Celtics young players. They they want their stats because um these modern day contracts are reflective of their stats. That's why players do not want to like sh- throw up like half court shots anymore because in their contract they probably had to meet like a certain like field goal percentage and true efficiency. All that like advanced stat stuff that they get bonuses from. Like, they don't want to mess that up. That's why, like, certain turnovers, like, 
if you give it to someone and the, and the clock runs down, that's automatically a turnover. So that's why like certain players that when they hold the ball to the end and they'll pass to like a scrub player and they'll, those scrub player would take like that turnover. But that star player, he won't have a t- turnover on his box score at the end of the game. So, I mean, th- those are like the kind of intricate ways, uh, you know, Jalen Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, he wanted, you know, get his numbers up so he can be an all-star player to get his contract. You know, Jason Tatum, like he wanted to prove that that he was, you know, an upcoming star. I mean, he was working out Kobe that summer as well. So he was so excited to show off all the post moves and all the fadeaway stuff because like last season, like this season, he's playing a little bit more. He's playing with a more um, Bob movement and more like, you know, off ball and like just like more free flowing. But compared to last year, he was like he was basically trying to be like, you know, you know, next Kobe Bryant. You know, Tracy McGrady, Paul Pierce, like he was just isoing and doing like fadeaways for like no reason, like just straight fadeaways, like because he wanted to show off, like you know, Jason Tatum's favorite player is Kobe Bryant, and of course, you know, he he wants to have that comparison, like of play style and whatnot. But you know, as you can see, like that was that was that was not good at all, like because this year. Um, I think he's doing like he's doing way better. He's playing. He's averaging twenty points. You know, he 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 may be all star this season. Um, I think I think Jason. Uh, I mean Jalen Brown. I think he has more of a argument for being all star. But I wouldn't mind having like three Celtics in the all star game. You know, you know Kemba Walker, uh, Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. But I mean, yeah, I mean. Even Marcus Smart was saying that you know Kyrie Irving was not a bad teammate. Like, like there was just a lot of dysfunction from from head to top. For me, I just wanted to to let people know that yes, we understand Kyrie wasn't up to Kyrie's standard, but there's four other guys and there's a whole roster for coaches. Everybody participated in helping him. And like, obviously, you know the media is gonna you know gas him up, like saying that like. Now that, um, and Gordon Hayward was also dealing with an injury coming back, so like he was 100%. So, so right now you have Gordon Hayward coming back after a year of playing, so now he's looking way better now. There's more, um, there's less, uh, you know, friction now because you know Kyrie Irving's off the team, so now they have more shots to show what they can do. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier's ass is in fucking Charlotte. I don't know why Mike and Mitch wanted to sign him. I mean, this dude is not as good for as his contract is uh, was given to him. I mean, he didn't really deserve that contract. I mean, they have right now they have Devontae Graham that's averaging like that's having a better season than him. Like Devontae Graham might be the best player on the Charlottes, Charlotte Hornets. So, I mean, dude, like what the hell? Like it was just whole dysfunction right now. But getting back to Kyrie Irving, like Kyrie Irving, like you know, like they they're every single thing that they try to do for Kyrie Irving, they pick him like you know, like flat Earth. Like I guess they ask him about flat Earth. Two, once you go flat, you never go back. <laughs> listen, this you, is a campaign. That, 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 listen, they're lying to us about everything. Yes. He believes in flat Earth. Like I don't, I don't really give a shit at what he believes in. Like people say stupid shit all the time on like 
on like the media. You have ESPN, you know, you have Ryan Hollins talking stupid shit. You have like Damian Jones, you know, talking stupid shit. You have like all these like Nick Wright like speaking some blasphemy. Like, dude, I mean, who cares? It's not not really as big of a deal as you make it out to be. But you know, Kyrie also like later on responded, um, saying that dude like you know, you guys, like, I'm not, I'm not a fucking asshole, basically, I'm not telling people, like, whatnot, like, like, all these things, like, you guys don't know what's going on in our locker room, and it's true, but, you know, at the same time, Kyrie Irving, you need to, like, relax, like, you need to, like, chill out with the media sometimes, like, being a little too forthcoming with the media, like, just talking, like, straight, straight freaking, um, what's it called, um, just giving them like sound bites, I think. I think like he needs to learn to be hold it down a little bit more from like, because I know what's because I mean, he's trying to like act and like you know speak like you know Kobe Bryant like try to speak all this, all this like you know calm, intelligent you know perspective and stuff like, but sometimes I I think you need like less less is more sometimes and this should be the case for Kyrie Irving like less is more, but. This season has has been a wash. Like, if they make it to the playoffs, like, great, they can build on it. But I mean, some of these players are not gonna be on. I mean, a lot of these players are not just not gonna be on this team. Like, Torian Prince is trash. I mean, I don't even know why he mentioned Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple is not good. Um, like for me personally, they need to trade Karis Levert for like maybe like a three and D player. Um, move back uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to the bench and have like a. Kyrie Irving, point guard, you know, shooting guard will be the, the main defender. Kevin Durant, he might have to switch to a power forward position because who knows what happens to his injury. Achilles, like, will he have a, will his explosiveness be gone? I mean, personally, DeAndre Jordan, like, from what I've seen, he's just not that great, like, anymore. Like, he has always been, he's just been on a steady, steady decline. Like, ever since the Mavs, like, he was just, like he average, yeah, he averaged a double double. You look at the uh, box score, but dude, this guy's, this guy's not the same player as he once was. Like Law's athleticism, he relied too, too much on athleticism. So like all of his fundamentals aren't like there. He's, he's always sucked, sucked at post defense too. So right then and there, they need to keep Jerry Allen. I don't think they should trade him. So I mean, the Nets got to figure it out. But I mean, and that starts with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving needs to not try to be like the next Allen Iverson. Where, you, you know, know he gets, gets a gets a shot up and averages like 20, 28 points per game and like twenty eight seven and five or something like what he's averaging this season. Like yeah, it's Kyrie Irving show basically. But I've always said that you know Kyrie Irving has so much talent that he needs to you know take it a step back sometimes and play more instead of Allen Iverson, play more like um like Isaiah Thomas or something like play more like just bring those averages down, empower your teammates, show them that you can play you know. You know, ball, ball movement. You know, style. You know, believe in Kenny Atkinson because Kenny Atkinson's a pretty good coach. Believe in the system, what and whatnot, and just do less. Do less is more. And then once the playoff comes, then you can show off all the talent that you have. But right now, yeah, I mean, he get they get a free pass, the Nets get a free pass. But once the KD comes back, it's the pressure is on right now, and I mean. Deservingly so, because Kevin Durant's an all-time great. I mean, Kyrie Irving's an all-time great, but, dude, like, 
he's doing himself no favors right now talking about all this stuff but yeah you know flat earth huh? shout shout outs to eddie bravo dude i love that eddie bravo uh we're getting you're lying about that shit that it's not that it doesn't exist of course it exists we see right it. of course but space is fake sounds ridiculous like there's, there's we, we're looking there. at it and it's and it's fake that's ridiculous it's that's not what it means Show. it means that all the information we got about all those lights in the sky yeah something they're else li they're lying yeah, to us lying. uh moving on the next thing is that kevin durant and kendrick perkins thing like dude that was some wild stuff reading that about you know OKC, you know, it was Westbrook's night, and, you know, if you believe that Westbrook's the best, you know, OKC player for that franchise of all time, you know, that's your opinion. That's great. I mean, I I beg to differ. Like, for me, personally, the greatest and the best OKC player is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did it all in OKC, and that was during Westbrook's time as well. And, you know... Kevin Kendrick Perkins, like to me, like he's he seems like the type that um likes to bring people's names out to kind of boost his profile of being an NBA analyst because he's always gonna be on ESPN jump, um trying to talk about oh, you know, I talk, I keep it real, I keep real talk and everything and whatnot, but I mean, this dude, Kendrick Perkins, has always been a scrub. Like, this dude is shit. Like, I don't know why he gets so much clout for for basically doing nothing. I mean, these guys never averaged a double-double for being seven foot. He's never really stayed in shape. Like, dude, this dude's he's just lazy, like, to me. Like, like, yeah, he's an NBA champion, okay, but, dude, like, he didn't really do jack shit for that team. Like, it was Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, like maybe a little sprinkle of Rajon Rondo, but so what, dude? Like, what did he really do on that team that you know stands out to you? Like, for people that say that Kendrick Perkins, like, if he didn't go down, like the Lakers would have lost, dude, get the fuck out of here, man. I don't want to hear that shit. Like, like you don't see people bring up that you know Andrew Bynum was hurt in 2008 and. You know, if we had Andrew Bynum, that was more of a um, a change. That's more damaging to the Lakers than losing Kendrick Perkins on the Celtics. All right. So, the, man, miss me with that bullshit. So, basically, um, one of the OKC reporters, uh, I forgot his name, D'Amico or something. I believe he, he said that, you know, I'm sorry, you know, Kendrick Perkins, but, you know, K KD is the greatest, you know, OKC player. And and then he just went back and forth, back and forth, and like Kendrick Perkins brought up like saying that you know Kevin Durant lost in the second round without no Westbrook, so don't give me that stuff, which is pretty interesting to say because you know Russell Westbrook has never gone out the first round without Kevin Durant, like he had Paul George playing on the MVP level, they still couldn't get out of the. Um, the first round, and when Russ Westbrook got hurt by Patrick Beverly in 2012, like he got hurt midway. Um, Patrick Beverly's a fucking dirty player, but you know that's that's a side note. But um, Kevin Durant finished the job. He beat 
the Houston Rockets. And this is with a James Harden and a Dwight Howard um combination. I mean, Kevin Durant is a is a all-time great scorer. Like he killed the Rockets basically. So, let's see. I believe in 2013, dude. I mean, this dude when Westbrook went down, I mean, this dude went from play averaging like around like 27 points per game. This dude in the third game um he put up 41 next game 38 36 and he ends it off in 27 like like Kevin Durant was killing these dudes like that just shows how good Kevin Durant um is and people forgotten like um I guess they don't appreciate Kevin Durant as much because of you know that move that he went to the Golden State I mean if you think about it, like f- to have a person average fifty percent, like around that range, I mean, and average like around like twenty eight plus. I mean, there's only like very very few players that do that, right? I mean, sure you have LeBron James, but I mean, if you have a perimeter game similar to that of Kevin Durant, going back, I mean, averaging like forty nine percent and up. It's only Michael Jordan, I believe. I mean, that's just how great Kevin Durant is. And, you know, that kind of rubbed Kevin Durant the wrong way because he brought, him, brought Kevin Durant up for no reason. And there's a reason why Kendrick Perkins did it. It's because he's trying to boost up his, you know, reputation as an NBA analysis to get him more heat so then people can tune in. Um, I mean, for me personally, yeah. Yeah, the MVP for Westbrook, you know, three seasons of being triple-double, that's great. I mean, Kevin Durant, in my opinion, had more success, you know, he put up, he had more all-NBA um, votes and placements for when, when he was on OKC. He had four um, scoring titles and an MVP as well. And they had more winning seasons with Kevin Durant. So that's, that's why I believe Kevin Durant is the best OKC um, player of all time. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins is bomb. Basically, I mean, yeah, I was, I was watching, watching that game with um, the Rockets playing OKC, and dude, the Thunder straight up embarrassed the Rockets. Like it was pretty sad. Like, like CP3 was killing these dudes. Like, like he was like nutmegging, like nutmegging all these guys. Like, it was ridiculous. For those who don't know what like nutmegging is, basically you you pass the ball under someone's between the legs of some of the, your defender to blow past them. And it's pretty embarrassing because, you know, if you, you have your stance a little too wide, you know, it leaves a lot of opening. And, you know, CP3 is pretty, you know, pretty small and pretty quick still. So he got by, like, certain players. And, I mean, you know, Westbrook, you know, he had he had a decent game. But, dude, the Rockets are getting blown out. And I know Chris Paul hates, like, Harden. Like, there is no way... That these guys got along, like as people are making out to be. I know, like you know, Chris Paul said that you know, James Harden, you know, he's like one of the best, maybe the best offensive player that we've ever seen. Yet, bro, Chris Paul is trying to put up a front. I know this dude hates Chris Paul. I mean, not Chris Paul. I know this dude hates James Harden. Like for me, like J- Chris Paul gives me the impression that that um, 
gives me the impression that dude, like, he just rubs people the wrong way. Like, from what I what I've seen, like this dude gets into like beefs with like random people, and like he gets off the impression of like trying to boss people around, but he has no standing to like boss people around. Like he like gives the vibe that you know like hey you know this is the way of winning this is the way of how you win and then you have players thinking to themselves like dude like chris paul you haven't won jack shit like you couldn't even get past the second round without james harden like james harden hasn't has gone through the western conference finals without chris paul before so like so like for the for, for like stuff like that like I mean, even Kenyon Martin called, kind of called him a snitch, basically. So, like, I guess, like, when, when they had issues, like, in the locker room, um, I guess, I guess, uh, CP3, he just went up to, like, management, like, you know, talking, like, hey, you know, this is what's going on and on and on. And don't get me started on him. He's technical and, like, telling people, pointing them out, hey, you know, this guy doesn't have his, uh, his jersey tucked in. <laughs> and they get, like, a technical and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, you know, going back to, um, the, the Kevin Durant and Ketchum Perkins beef. Like, so basically, like, basically, like, I mean, Kevin Durant is correct. Like, what his assessment of is. I mean, Kendrick Perkins, like, average, like, two and three and stuff. He didn't really do anything. Like, for Kendrick Perkins to go on the jump and say that, say that, oh, you know, you guys traded for me. Like, you guys didn't get to the second round without me. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? That's pretty disingenuous. Like, dude, in 2010, they played their first playoff game, right? So in their first playoff game, um, Kevin Durant averaged 25 and 7 on, on let's see, let's see, let's see, from like 35% from two and like, you know, 28 from three basically right i mean it was his first playoff playoff series and you know westbrook you know he put up he put up some good numbers you know 26 and 6 on like 47 percent from two and 40 percent from three right so they're playing against the lakers like the lakers were the champions that uh season the next um year they got kendrick perkins via trade and and dude, in that first in their second playoff game, Kevin Durant averaged twenty eight, eight, and two. I mean, this guy boosted up, and his field goal percentage went up to forty five percent, and it all his stats and percentages went up. You know, Russell Westbrook. He went from 23, 5, and 6. I mean, like, this dude's stats came up. James Harden went from 7 points to 13 points. And, like, all of these, you can tell that OKC team was trending up. So, for him to say, like, you know, he's the reason, like, dude, like, hey, bro, they succeeded without you. Like, Kendrick Perkins is, is crazy. Like, I don't understand what he's saying. Like, I mean, if you think Kyrie Irving is crazy for that flatter shit, you know, you... You have to think Kendrick Perkins is insane as well. And the next following season, like they, in 2012, I believe in 2012, they went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Like, this is their second 
playoff run. So they beat they beat Memphis, um, they beat Denver, and then they play against the eventual champions in, in the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And dude, like the OKC team is one of the most talented teams to never win a championship. You know, obviously, like people say that in hindsight now. OKC, the reason why they didn't want a championship is because certain owners, they only want to make a profit. Like, they don't care about winning. I mean, that's how I always see, saw it. I mean, you had a chance to um, keep James Harden and the the core. Like, they broke it up. Like, after they go, went to the finals, they broke it up. I don't understand why they, they chose to broke it up. But, I mean, you know, they didn't want to go, like, above the luxury tax. And that was probably one of the biggest regrets that the OKC Thunder has ever made is trading away James Harden for, you know, Kevin Martin. Because they thought they could, um, they thought they could, you know, replace his bench productivity because he was the sixth man of the year as well when they went to the finals. And, dude, it just never happened ever again for the OKC. Like, they just had bad luck and bad luck. You know, next year when they Westbrook gets, gets hurt, hurt, you know, you know, the following year, you know, Kevin Durant gets hurt, and they just keep going back and forth, back and forth. They had like injuries and injuries. And in 2016, that was their best. That was their best chance to win a championship. I mean, for me personally, like, like the 73 and nine Warriors. That was not even the most talented team, in my opinion. Like, of those three teams, OKC Thunder, Cavaliers, and the Warriors, the OKC Thunder should have been in the finals. Like, they had the most talent on the floor. I mean, you, you just look at it. Kevin Durant, Westbrook. They had, you know, Andre Robertson, who was maybe the best um, wing defender in the NBA at that time. They had Ennis Cantor, you know, elite rebounder. They had Steve Adams, you know, elite role player. They had, I believe they had Ibaka that, that, that year, too. I think they have Ibaka. And then the following year, they traded Abaka for like um, who's that singer dude? Oh, fucking Indiana, that black Black Panther guy. Uh, fuck, I, the name is slipping me. But yeah, yeah, that that guy's in the Pacers now. But basically, like, dude, they had they had so much, and they just choked because. If people remember that OGC season, like they let the league in like fourth quarter collapses, like they they let leagues, they let leads go, and teams come back because they're they're kind of too lackadaisical because they're relying on talent, and that's why like for me personally, like Billy Donovan should have been fired a long time ago. Scott Brooks should have been fired. They needed a um, more authoritarian coach to provide more structure because that OGC team was. Winning based off of talent, like for them to lo- have the most fourth quarter lead collapses, and still win like fifty six games or like fifty eight games or whatnot, like close to like sixty games, like dude, this team is so talented. Like they're just winning based off of talent, and there was never a structure or system put in place for OKC because, dude, like they just play. You know, my turn, your turn. Here's a Kevin Durant ISO play. Here's a Westbrook ISO play. Like, they just rely on two, like, all-star and all-time players and to, like, try to lead them, like, all the way in. You know, it's all she wrote, basically. There's no going back from there. Like, for me, 
these guys that they're hiring, like they, they needed more of an authoritarian coach. And I'm surprised Billy Dolvin is still coaching in the NBA because he should have been, he should have been fired when you know Westbrook and like KD were gone. But I mean, right now you know the OKC Thunder is better than what they are is because you know Chris Paul is still Chris Paul basically. And they got some good talent, but they need to blow it up because. What's what's the point of being a middle in the pack team that will never win championship when you can get more assets to win a ch- win another championship? And I mean, they got a lot of assets right now. And if they can, you know, maybe get more assets and pull up a trade because I don't think anyone's gonna really sign OKC in any time in the future. If they can, like, maybe get more acquired more assets, you know, we'll see what they can do. But I mean, yeah, basically. That's that's me going on a tangent about you know OKC and it was a disappointment like like OKC should have been in the finals because they like for the Warriors like dude the Warriors beat the OKC um team in that series because they had championship experience and they played like a team like they know they played for all that chemistry they had. The system and exploiting their um, weaknesses, OKC Thunder's weaknesses, like, like, dude, like, they made them fold, and that's how, like, OKC, you know, it's all she wrote, basically, for OKC. That was the last time that OKC has been a contending team, and you can put the blame on the owner, basically, like. Who knows, like, if OKC beat the, the Warriors, I would have picked OKC to win the championship that year, like. You cannot tell me that, you know, that team wouldn't have beaten the Cavs. Like, they just have so much talent, and they just collapse. And sometimes, like, when things, like, go on and on and on, and it becomes a pattern, like, you know, it shows up the wrong, it shows up at the wrong time, usually. And it showed up in the Western Conference Finals for them. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant, he is, you know, in my opinion, the best OKC Thunder player. And that's no disrespect to Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, we'll see what he does. But Kendrick Perkins sucks. Like, I'll, I'll never forget the time that Kendrick Perkins got yammed on by, like, Blake Griffin. Like, he straight up got embarrassed. And this dude deleted his Twitter page. So, for him to, like, you know, call out, like, you know, Kevin Durant calling him a coward and stuff, like, it's pretty ironic because this dude pulled up a coward move as well. But it is what it is, I guess, for for this issue. But it's, it's been pretty interesting, I guess. Uh, the next team that's been on the roll right now has been the Utah Jazz. And, I mean, ever since the trade of Clarkson, I guess, like, Egg has just been a big boost because Mike Conley's been out for a while. Like they went on like a winning streak, like a ten game winning streak. They lost to the um the Pelicans, but I mean it was a cre- pretty cl- close game. Like I don't understand why the the refs caught that foul on for Rudy Gobert. Like dude, they basically try to hand the uh, the Jazz that win, which is ironic because like you don't really see that happen. Like I feel like the refs hate. Um, Rudy Gobert, like this dude, get got ejected like ten seconds in the game. I'm like, what the hell is going on right there? So for him to get that call is pretty interesting, and I mean, it went from like a 
back to back uh fight with uh, Brandon Ingram and Donovan Mitchell. Like I mean, Brandon Ingram, you know, is finally showing that you know, all all the skills that they had that I believed in. Like for me, on the Lakers, like he had the most potential. Like obviously, like for me, like people are trying to compare him to like Kevin Durant. Yeah, I've always saw him as more of a uh, slasher than a uh, perimeter scorer, but I mean, he's doing things right now that's pretty great. I mean, will he make the All-Star this year? Um, I don't think so. I feel like Donovan Mitchell should be All-Star. I mean, this dude's averaging, like, probably, like, he's averaging from that streak, like, around, like, 24 points on, like, 46, 36, 85. I mean, that, that should, should be increased, increased right now from that 45-point game. game. I, I believe, believe it was 45 points that he played that he got on the uh, Pelicans. But, I mean, dude, this Jazz, Jazz is, like, super trending, trending up right now. They just caught. On, on a streak, and this would be interesting to see what they, they do with Mike Conley because Mike Conley just forgot how to play basketball right now. Like Mike Conley is playing like shit. Like I, I can't, can't believe it. it. Like for me, Mike, Mike Conley has been so underrated on the Memphis Grizzlies, and now once he got on like a way better team, like, like he just shits the bed. So I'm thinking, like, dude, like maybe he's just not used to it right now. So I don't know. But I mean, just going off for like the ten games that they won. I mean. Bojan, you know, Bogdanovich, you know, Joe Ingles. I mean, they, they're shooting like above like 40% for three. I mean, Rudy Gobert, I mean, what can you say about Rudy Gobert? Like, he is playing like a defensive player of the year again. Um, He should get some consideration. I don't think he will. I mean, I feel like, you know, Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo, maybe even Jonathan Isaac have been a little bit better than him. But, that, that, I mean, he's still pretty good, too. I mean, just based off of like, you know, plus and plus minus like Raptors, you know, you know, advanced statistics. Like he's always gonna lead, you know. He's always gonna lead in those categories. So I mean we'll see how the voters are gonna vote him in for defensive player of the year, but I mean he's playing great right now. Um just off that uh just off that ten game winning streak, they had the highest offensive rating. I mean, which means that they're basically the highest scoring team. Um, in the NBA over those last 10 games. Um, they led true shooting percentage. They led the league in three-point shooting in that streak. And Jordan Clarkson, I mean, I mean, dude, he's he's averaging like 15 points. I mean, he provided a very great boost for that uh, Utah Jazz bench. I mean, the Jazz bench was just trash. And, you know, for them to get, like, a plus 10 score, it just helps alleviate, like, a lot of the uh, responsibilities of Bojan and Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, they're always going to be a great defensive team. But the real interesting part is that they've been so uh, efficient on the offensive side that, you know, you know, like, you don't see Rudy Gobert, like, complaining anymore. I'm saying the whole, you know, um, yeah, we need to involve myself in more of the offense this season compared to last season when I was more involved, like, you know, what's happening, him calling out kind of like the system. But, you know, the winning, so he's not really saying too much. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, going back to, like, the offensive rating, I mean, this team's not really known for being a high-scoring offense. They're just being more being more efficient defensive and just playing like high basketball IQ kind of kind of things like it's interesting to see that they have the um 
the sixth highest uh, scoring average for the last ten games. I mean, the Jazz are a dark horse. Like they really are. Like I've always thought the Nuggets and the Jazz are dark horse. I mean, you got the Nuggets with Michael Porter Jr. coming in. Like Michael Porter Jr. is so talented. I mean, but that's like another topic for like another day. But he should be getting more starting um, minutes. Well, not really starting minutes, but he should be getting more minutes. But like, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, what will they put Mike Conley on the bench? Because the problem with the bench was that Joe Ingles is like not really a creator, uh, like a shot creator or like a scoring kind of player. Like he's more of a um, running the system, spreading the floor, playing off ball. You know, doing a lot of the uh, dirty work, basically like a very, very great role player. So, will they incorporate Mike Conley back to get him up to speed? And, you know, playing with like Royce O'Neal and Moutier and like whatnot. Or will he be inserted back in the starting lineup with Donovan Mitchell again? But, I mean, I mean what can you say more? Like... They're not really, I mean, yeah, not, not too much people paying attention to the Jazz. Like, I believe the Jazz were at one point the second team in the Western Western Conference. Like, like Western Conference is heating up right now, and it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be a wild playoff run because you can really tell, like, in the East, like you can tell who the players are, the major players are. You got the Heat. You got the the Bucks. You got the Sixers in Boston. I mean, I got I got to see what the Pacers do coming back. Um, fuck, his name is All Depot. All Depot. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, All Depot. Like, we'll see how they incorporate him because he's been out for a while now. I mean, those are like the four teams that you you would really you know expect. Now you got like. All all the players in the all the teams in the West now yeah like the Lakers Clippers Jazz um, Nuggets um right there and there those are the you know the main teams to look out for and and then, you know it's gonna be interesting to see but dude uh, I'm wondering if the Jazz are gonna do anything more to kind of run the gauntlet of pushing it to the next level because I mean will they bring back Derek Favors or they keep it up with like Royce O'Neal or whatnot yeah man but um yeah I mean dude it's crazy what the Jazz are doing it's crazy And the game, like, I don't know what was up with that Pelicans game. Like, dude, they, they took away that shot with, like, Brandon Ingram, who hit the game winner, but it didn't really count or one. I don't know what was going on right there. It was, it was kind of weird. But, I mean, whatever, I guess. It is what it is. Moving on, I guess, to the last topic on, you know, Vince Carter. You know, shout-outs to Vince Carter, VC. You know, I remember growing up watching this dude play. Like, he was drafted to the Raptors. I mean, this dude was one of the most exciting players in the NBA, like, People don't understand, but, like, Vince Carter was the most popular guard coming up from the 19, late, late 90s, 90s up, up to, to the, the early 2000s. 2000s. Like, he was, he was more, more popular than Kobe, Kobe popular than T-Mac, all, all these, these players, players like, like, 
Like Vince, Vince was the, the man in Canada, Canada like Air Canada, Canada basically. He built the Toronto, Toronto fan base to what it is today. I mean, Cam Durant's favorite player growing up was Vince Carter. I mean, like, you know, like a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these, like, you know, like, um, lineages going down. I mean, Vince Carter would was so entertaining. He's the greatest dunker of all time. Playing four decades, like, you would, you wouldn't really think of, like, Vince Carter as a kind of person to have last, like, four decades, like, is, like, uh, or, not four decades, but, like, actually, yeah, four decades, like, dude, it was crazy, like, like, four different eras, like, this guy's been in the late 90s era, the Bulls, he's been in the early 2000s with the Lakers and Spurs, late 2010s with the Heat, the Warriors, I mean, this, and then he's playing his last season, like, I mean, it's just a shame, like, for me, like, I feel like Vince Carter, like, retiring this season, that he never got a chance to go on a contending team. Like, he had free agency. He could have went on, like, on the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, the Sixers, or whatnot, like, just provide, like, a veteran presence. But he chose Atlanta for some reason. I mean, I don't know why. I'm hoping that Atlanta can buy him out so he can sign with, like, any team that he wants, like, just make one championship run so he can like see how it feels like because he's never really gone too far in the in the, in the playoffs. I mean, just thinking back right now, like, I feel like Vince Carter for sure he had the most potential of all the guards. Like you, you want to think Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen, Allen Iverson, like all these premier guards. Like Vince Carter, he had everything. He checked all the boxes. He can shoot. He can post up. He had like god tier athleticism. Like, dude, he he had one of the best dunk contests of all time. He had it all, but he just wasn't as committed as as um I would have liked him to be. Like sometimes, like you know, just thinking back, like dude, like like this guy, if he ever figured it out, like he could have you know been the best player in the league, like. There was never a time where I I felt that Vince Carter was ever the best player in the league. I mean, you had Kobe, you know, pass him. You had, you know, Dwayne Wade pass him. Like, like Vince Carter, like, I, I mean, I don't want to say he wasn't as committed as he should be, but, I mean, it, it kind of felt that way. Like, I mean, growing up, like, for me, like, growing up in that era where I actually saw Vince Carter, like, play, like, this dude, like, I remember this dude, he decided to go on his graduation, like, ceremony instead of, like, it was a game seven in, like, Philadelphia. Like, he was not toned, like, honed in and focused on, like, beating the Sixers in 2001. Like, like for, for me personally, if I was an NBA player and I was graduating the same day and I had, like, a very important game-changing series that can go either way like i'm choosing to play the game and focus on it 10 out of 10 times and for vince carter to say that oh you know like my mom wanted me to like my mom wanted me to you know walk and receive my diploma like yeah that's all great and that's all great and dandy but you could have postponed that until like another time maybe in the summer or whatnot like graduate in the summer and then you can you can um walk uh get your diploma but this dude 
Vince Carter, he decided like, you know, I'm just gonna show up, get my get my diploma, and then go like fly to like I don't know, Philly or I think Philly, yeah. Philly and see how it goes and like, dude. Like what kind of what kind of shit is that? Like he just wasn't as focused as he should have been. And then you know, don't get me started on like how he forced his way out the Raptors. Like people forget like this dude like forced his way out the Raptors. Like if you think like Kawhi Leonard, like like that situation Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs was like bad, like dude, this guy made it like Vince Carter made it ten times worse. Like will Vince Carter's jersey ever be retired for the Toronto Raptors? I I feel like it would, but you know, play like people of like around my age that've seen what happened and go down. Like this, dude Vince Carter, he straight quit on the Raptors. Like, like he wanted out, demanded a trade. He wanted out. He started telling people like other players, like the plays, like the team plays. Uh, what was gonna happen next? Oh, it's gonna be like a flare out screen and whatnot. Um, I'm gonna go to this position, and blah blah blah. And like, and he actually did it. And the players are like, what the hell? And then he started faking injuries and stuff. Like, oh, like my ankles hurt. Um, you know, he's adding like 14 points. Just gave him no effort, right? He also made like a quote saying that, dude, I wouldn't, I'm going to stop dunking unless, you know, I get out of the Raptors. Like when he got traded to the Nets, so he was playing like Jason Kidd or like, and like uh, um, Richardson. Like, this dude went from averaging 14 points before the trade, and once he got to the Nets, he was averaging 27 points. I'm like, dude, that was fucked up what he did. So, for him to get a retired, retired um, jersey in the Raptors, um, for me personally, um, I think it's going to happen because they've been trying to push this narrative, like, you know, we should forget Vince Carter. Like, they've been doing a lot of tribute videos for Vince Carter. Like, oh, you know, like, this is the man we drafted, like, you know, please forgive him, like, and all that stuff, and it's kind of working, because, like, a lot of the new, new, um, the new fans, they wanted Vince Carter back, like, personally, I would have wanted Vince Carter back, too, just to, to see him, see his career come in a circle, but I can understand him not coming, then not wanting, wanting Vince Carter, because he quit on the team, and, like, he legit quit on the team, like, for Kawhi, like, it's a different story that um, we'll probably get into like another time. But you know, like for me personally, like Kawhi, what Kawhi did is totally different than what Vince Carter did. Like Vince Carter just said, "Fuck it, like trade me now, or I'm gonna fucking, or I'm, I'm gonna f- burn, burn this place, place to the ground." ground basically, basically. And he, he kind of did. did. He kind of did. did. So I think um, I think he told Tracy McGrady too. I believe. If I remember correctly, that's why Tracy McGrady left for Orlando. But, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you have. It's just, just a, you know, coming, getting the good and the bad side of you know certain players. Like Vince Carter had a lot of bad in him, and he also you know provided a lot of entertainment. And you know, it's a shame that you know certain players, um, certain players retire because you you just see like you know them growing up and and then thinking to myself like, dude, like, wow, like this guy's retiring, bro. I'm getting fucking old. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just a kind of reflection now, like how every 
players mortal now because back then like dude i think you think all these all these players would play forever like but you know it doesn't it doesn't work that way and it's crazy dude like this carter like the greatest dunker of all time plays four decades like yeah he, he can shoot the three like he i think he's like he's like very high ranking like all-time threes made and you wouldn't really expect that from the greatest dunker of all time, like because you expect all uh, athleticism and like drives. But Vince Carter was so so talented, and you know he's gonna go in the Hall of Fame. Probably gonna be an NBA analyst. I mean, he's pretty well spoken and breaks down like a lot of the a lot of the, what's going on in the league pretty well. Like every time he goes on the jump or like NBA TV and and stuff, like he'll. I'll provide like interesting insights, but I mean, dude, it's pretty sad. But you know, I just want to say congratulations on Vince Carter, on you know, on the great career. He's probably going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't think he has like too much accolades. Like maybe he has like, a couple of All NBA, multiple All Star appearances and stuff. But I think he'll, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. But you know, it was fun watching this guy play. But you know, shout outs Vince Carter. And I think that should do it. Um, yeah, so for you know, shout outs to whoever's listening right now. Um, might get a little bit busy for me next week. We'll see what I can do. If I can um, shoot like another episode. But I mean, um, work's kind of piling up right now. But, you know, shout out to everyone who's listening or whoever's listening. Hopefully someone's listening out there, but, you know, thank you again. You know, you can do me a favor, follow the podcast. Um, that'd be great. And I'll see you then. Thank you so much. Peace out. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's go home.